Ready? I don't believe in nothing anymore. <laughs> you gotta believe in something, kid. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 27-4, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, and we pick some music. We listen to the music, and we chat about it, and we chat about just about everything else. I'm going to say, Pernell, you've actually introduced yourself with your name today. Yeah, well, I kind of need to come into this episode on a good foot. Like, uh, uh, it's funny. Like, I started the, I started on a rough foot, and yeah. it seems like, as always, pre-chatter always seems to break me out of that shell, which I appreciate more. Than I know. Would I, know. We were, uh, we were, you were doing it for years, um, just like chatting before the starting the show, and then I was like, oh wait, we should that should be like a special uh, content for Patreon. So if you're a Patreon member, you get a prequel episode of me and Pranel talking about real stuff. And for the record, that wasn't the attempt of me saying that. I'm not, I'm but, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to like, uh, I'm just like, hey, you're going to say it and it's nice, but hey, it's also <laughs> commercial. <laughs> just, it's like putting it to use. Yeah. Um, but like, it, I'm going to say, like, real, like, it helped a lot. Real quick, if you're, uh, if you are a Patreon member, if you're, if you're thinking about becoming a Patreon member, this week's episode um, has a little asterisk that it is uh, sensitive content. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very much so, but and, but usually we do end up cursing a little bit more. But we're not we're not the kind of people who just curse for the sake of cursing. We're not pirates, nor are we sailors, are, nor I mean, are we uh, sailing pirates I or like, pirates. I, I'll say this: I like rum. I think parrots are cool, but cursing true. is okay. <laughs> oh, cursing is fun, but only from comedic purposes. Like yeah. I'm not. Even when I'm angry, I only curse when I'm trying to be funny. Like it's the craziest yeah, thing. I don't know I how that works for me. But. I get um sometimes if I'm feeling like really um uh, uh like, like earnest about something, if I'm feeling very um jet not jet yeah, push the point. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, anyway, hammer home. Uh, I will say that um over the next couple months we might have a few uh, mixtape episodes coming up, special mixtapes. Um, so if you have any suggestions or topic suggestions for a special mixtape, uh, let me know. Um, in the past, we've had a uh, racing music and I did a whole drum and bass episode, um, all sorts of stuff. So, um, that's coming down the pike just because we've got some, uh, some personal stuff going on. We might not be able to record, but we always want to have a little something. I always got time to do something. Don't you, don't you, don't you, we always got, we always got, oh, we, 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 we squeeze the, we squeeze the lemons when we need Yeah, we could squeeze them. <laughs> We, we get the juicer out. Um, uh, before the show really begins, I want to thank uh, Khalid for sending us uh, that really nice email from Germany. Um, you know who you are, and it was really, really cool. Really, really cool. It's always nice to hear from you. Um, and we also have a new uh, a new member in our Discord that showed up, and I just want to say give a shout-out um, to a name I'm about to read because I could not remember the name. and I just Was it the Pixelated Poet? Pixelated Poet. Thank you very much for coming in with all that positive energy. That's what we need. Positive yeah. energy. And also, not just positive energy, but also positive poetry. Yeah. <laughs> because they also write. So yeah. that's pretty legit. And that's really cool. People, we've got like musicians, we got artists, we got people doing games, like making their own games, and now we got poetry. Right? Yeah, I see you gave me an idea for an episode topic, but I'm not a poet, so if anything, <laughs> I'd be like, hey... Think you got some video game related poetry that could fit into a cool episode of the show? <laughs> I'll say that. Like, I mean, I think you're a poet, but like, I don't think you mean to be. Oh, <laughs> I could, I could go with that. It's like, 
the, the dewy beads. What, what are some other things that you've seen? As I drip from exercise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was trying to think of other things that I've seen, like uh, uh, other me- like artistic mediums that I've seen. I've been I'm in part of a of a Facebook group of people who do uh, who mod joysticks or like make joysticks for fighting games and for mm-hmm. for shoot 'em ups. Um, and this one one guy, like a lot of them, make them out of wood, right? Like they'll either get metal housing or they'll make them out of like wood, and like they'll shop it and they'll they'll shellac it and they'll make it super pretty. This one guy, he actually inlays wood inside wood with different colors to make mm-hmm. these amazing designs of like Ryu and Chun-Li and it's all inlaid wood inside the joystick. It's incredible. Um, have, it, Does what, he make like weird like Chimera versions like Chun-Ryu? No, no. It's just like it's just a really stylized character because it's already like like probably really difficult to put together but there's some w- interesting designs people make because there's, there's most of them aren't joysticks anymore. They're just all buttons. Some of them are, are buttons with like... Oops, all buttons. Yeah, it's buttons with like a, maybe like a keypad on the left, like a WASD on the left. I saw one okay. that was a joystick on the right with buttons, but on the left was a uh, PlayStation controller cut in half and attached to it. So on your left hand, you're that's playing weird. with your thumbs, but on your right hand, you're playing with your fingers. And I'm thinking that is, <laughs> that's brilliant because back in the day, we used to play Marvel Capcom 2. And that's how I held the Dreamcast controller. I held it with my my thumb on the left, but my fingers were hitting the buttons on the right on top of the controller because that's how I played in the arcade. And it makes sense though because when you have when you're hitting the buttons like by hammering down with your fingertips, you can actually hit them quicker and more rhythmically as opposed to like taking one thumb and moving it across the entire button yeah, scheme. I think so. I just I built all that muscle memory work playing in the working playing in the arcade. So I was like, I can't figure this out with my thumb. I'll just do it this way. Um, smart the business. So yeah, that's a little, that's my little uh, my little aside. <laughs> that's his poetry. That's that's <laughs> Rob's poetry for the day. Um, all right. So last month, you committed to playing four games, completing four games in February. Yes, and I've tried this multiple years over the years because four in February isn't a new concept. It's been around for a while, mm. but. Unlike pretty much every year, except for like maybe 2009 or something, I actually did it this time. Like, I actually chose four games Mm -hmm. and completed four games from beginning to end. That unprecedented. And I've been kind of chomping at the bit to talk about it. And funny enough, also, it's also like a a double aside episode reasoning because uh, unfortunately, Indie Guide In is wrapped up. Which sucks because I really like that whole round table thing that was going there. So I was like, I want to talk about games. So <laughs> talk about the four in February for this episode. That works out great. And so for me, I did I did pledge to play some games, some more games in February. I didn't complete any for now, obviously. <laughs> four in February that you dabbled in. So that's all I'm going to talk about. So um, it's a it's an even numbered episode. So I'm going to start with um, some music that you know you know I got to play. It's from Persona, oh, of course. Persona 5. So I've been playing a lot of Persona 5. Um, this is Butterfly Kiss, composed by Shoji Maguro. environment music. 
the help I am listening to music Music from Persona 5 on the PlayStation 4 <laughs> I'm uh, I'm channeling my inner Purnell there. <laughs> it's a challenge, I'll tell you. Especially when you're like, crap, I don't have a word for that. Um, thing! <laughs> Slip the thing up in him. When in doubt, ski bop. Ski bop. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not that good. I'm not that good of a, of a scat singer. Samba, I'm a scat man. Uh, so this is Butterfly <laughs> Kiss from Persona 5 composed by Shoji Maguro and this yeah it's more of like environment music so when there's conversation happening or I think like when there's like I would only I can only call it interrogation when you're talking to like other other NPCs within the game it plays like the confidants yeah a lot of the confidants it's very like it's just this plays this jazzy tune I, I love it every time I hear it I get so excited when it starts to play because some of the music like when the when you're talking to the confidants or when you're talking to the other um, players in your team and like the, the the fellow thieves yeah and it gets heavy right and there's like heavy conversation it plays like kind of a sad song or it plays like more serious music and I don't think it's as good I think those other serious tracks are not as good as these tracks these jazzy tracks are so awesome to me so who's the killer we gotta figure out who he is before he kills again da, 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 da. <laughs> exactly. whoa whoa we need more tension this is tension well there's tension in this track is, is jazzy but it's not major it's not in the major key it's still got some kind of weird tension going on there but that melody I don't, know, I, could, I don't think I can hear this music at the moment like a major point of like contention in the game be like yep I feel pressure <laughs> I feel tense no, I feel a butterfly kiss. It's in the title, man. So <laughs> butterfly had, uh, kiss. I've had two people ask me, like, oh, you play games? What are you playing? And I say Persona 5, and these are people who don't play games. And so I'm like, so what's that game about? And I say, it's about kids who suffer through trauma, and so they develop, like, super-powered monsters to fight other horrible... to fight their demons. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's just so weird. I'm like, I try to... I- I try to like put it like in the clearest way possible. That's not like, you know, it, they battle monsters in a metaverse because it's it gets really intense. It's funny you and, say that because I'm almost positive that that killed me on my last two dates because I'm pretty sure I said exactly kids develop the ability to do battle in the metaverse to fight people's sins and make them confess their crimes. That's a, yeah. They're like, what the hell are you talking? Like, that's the kind of games I play. Da, 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 da. <laughs> let me tell you about Corpse Bride, or let me tell you about. Uh... <laughs> oh mercy! Um, hey, yeah. who want to play stretch pack? It's about a girl with a scarf. Let's just stretch everything. It's like that sounds not. That doesn't sound like a crime drama, per now. Like some of my like some of the the biggest games, like my f- most favorite games I've played, like in the past five five to ten years, was Fez, in which there's no dialogue; it's just exploration, and um, a Hyperlight Drifter. Again, there's no dialogue. It's just exploration, and it's so deep. It, and those things, something about creating your own narrative. You know, it gets your imagination really moving along. And that, that's that's the kind of game. Like in my mind, I eventually want to make something on the scale of Fez. You know, something big and explorative. It's worth a try for yeah. sure. But it's one thing to say about those things like that. People don't give them enough credit for. It's like there's a there's something to be said, not just about. A game that lets you create your own narrative, but also, a, oh, question. Again, lets you create your own narrative without spoken dialogue. But it's another thing to say it does that, while also still giving you enough to have some sort of actual narrative that they want to convey. Mm, right. So, like, 
being able to come being able to play the same game together then sit down over coffee and go so the part where they clearly made it obvious that this guy actually suffers from a trauma brought on by that character that was in this town that you met five hours prior he they never speak yeah but you can clearly see that there's a relationship between these characters and all this like to be able to do that without dialogue is amazing it is amazing I know. work i love it I, th- I think having having that level of narrative without actual dialogue within a game is just exciting to me it really gets me excited about a game um like um even hyper light drifter there's definitely a narrative and, and it tells a story through pictures and through sound but like when you're traveling from point a to point b my experience of that with that character like it's harrowing you know and someone mm-hmm. else's might not be that same way they might be experimenting and having fun with the game and i'm like no it's intense you know this guy's and then there's and <laughs> I'm falling in pits left and right. Like, what the hell are you doing? Shh, there's a secret over there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going there. I'm just going there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we got some more music to get into. And Pernell, what was your, uh, what's the first game you want to talk about? Uh, this track should be fairly lengthy, which is good because I dropped the gummy bear and I got to find it. Um, <laughs> this, this track Depending on where from, it dropped, I don't think you should eat that. Uh, good point. It'll, it'll <laughs> go into the, the, the ruins, <laughs> the old ruins of Pernell's office. Um, this comes from the first game that I played through in February, mm-hmm. and that game is titled Cave Story. It's a classic, well, a modern classic. Is that even considered modern anymore? I mean, we're old, so, so I don't know what's classic anymore. Anyway, I think it's a Cave modern. Story. I, I would call it a modern classic. You know, yeah. let's go with yeah. modern classic. Um, the track title is called Mischievous Robot, and it's composed by Daisuke Pixel Amaya. You're listening to Mischievous Robot from the game Cave Story, composed by Dicegate, Pixel, Amaya, and I never found that gummy bear. Blast it all. all right, we, were, um, we, were, we, were on a, we were on the edge of our seats. What, <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that gummy bear? <laughs> it's out there. Gummy bear gnomes got to it. Ooh. 
One day I'll find those cursed gnomes. But about enough about the gummies, let's talk about the game. Um, so Cave Story, I originally played through that game way back when it first got announced as being like this really awesome fan game that you could only download on PC and it was free. The guy just wanted people to experience his product. Fast forward like 15 years and now the game is has been released by multiple publishers, Nicholas being the primary one, primary one. Mm. And um, they've had multiple versions of the game, added content put in, blah, blah, blah. And it remains an absolute banger of a classic. Now, recently, most particularly right at the beginning of February, I was getting nostalgic for the game because I either a song was played somewhere or just came up in a thread and people were getting wistful about how hard the last area is on the true heart, the true route, true route of the story. So I was like, hmm, I haven't played this game in so long. I wonder if I still had the chops to do that part. Cause I remember how awesome it was to do that first time. So I had on a whim, just like, I'm going to play the cave story right now. So I just sat down, booted it up and just wrecked through it. Did it in two sittings. Um, Cause the first sitting was playing all the way to the final boss fight. And then the second sitting was the final boss. Wow. And the bonus section at the end. I guess when you know and, what you're uh, doing, you can kind of just blow through it. Oh, I didn't, the thing, like, I didn't remember most of it. Like, it's been that long. There's only certain things I remembered, most particularly how to save Curly Brace, who is like the, your companion robot in the game. Also, Curly Brace is friggin' awesome, so you do want to save her, because why the heck not? Um, but I remembered how to do that, and I also remembered to not fall after Dr. Booster when he gets thrown into the trash bin. Because if you go after him, he dies. But if you don't go after him, he develops the will to get out himself, and then he helps you later, which is worth doing. So, I did all that, got to that final boss run, which, again, I stand by my belief that's one of the coolest final boss areas I've ever played in the game. Mm. It's called um, Hell Sang or Blood Sanctuary, and you're basically like using jetpacks to dodge spikes, and you're fighting like these angelic demons, and eventually you got to fight this like weird god character who like created the mount the mind control device that was being was the main factor in the entire game, and he's just insanely hard. He's really difficult, and this tense, the pressure is on. I think I even recorded myself fighting him, and uh, I was able to win. And it still felt good to do. And I was like, hearing people tell me that it took them out back in the day. And my old behind was like, no, I still got it. Purdy still got it. And I dusted off my little fingertips and got back to business and showed the world. Or I showed myself anyway. But I still could do it. And it holds up. The game is a fantastic run. 2D platformer with... I hate saying this, but I guess it applies. Metroidvania-esque elements. Yeah. Uh, or more more so Metroid elements, because there's no leveling up. Exploration. Um, exploration, there we go. Yeah. And it's worth your time. Yeah. I recommend it to everyone to this day. It still works. I don't care how you play it, except maybe the 3D version on 3DS. Every other version of it, I can recommend wholeheartedly. Mm. You should play this game. You love it. I recommend it, too. Even though I didn't finish it, I will definitely recommend it. Um, I, wish I wish you remember where you left off. I'd be like, go back, go back. Uh, the, the boss was like a giant tank thing that was like covering the ground and the ceiling. Oh, the the Monster X. It was the tank with the cat in it. Yeah, I think that sounds right. It was because there was a bunch of beetles in there too. Yes, oh, it was so hard. <laughs> now, uh, I remember that jerk. I had a hard time with that. All right, so my second track is from a game, another game that I got into um, uh, uh, in February. So um, it's called Persona Five. 
And this track. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> this track is called The Days When My Mother Was There, composed also by Shoji Maguro. back you're listening to the days when my mother was there from persona 5 composed by shoji maguro and yeah i didn't play many other games that's that's the joke that is the joke pernell <laughs> <laughs> he, had to, he had to reveal the joke now because i caught him by the second i was like wait a minute i, know, I wanted to like a surprise pernell and that was it um yeah I did, you know i i play this game and i've been playing um ddr so and i can't exactly and the game my ddr game is not ddr music it's it's modern pop music or whatever so not exactly gonna play that on the show <laughs> so why not? i thought you know what why not you know persona 5 is some great music i wanted to to, to, to share it with everybody and i know everyone like everyone generally enjoys it um so this track really got me because this is the first time in the game where the music outside of the dungeon you spend time in the metaverse but outside of like the main dungeon area and the music is different from when you actually go to the actual um, uh, uh, palace or dungeon area. So, and then, so on the outside, it's kind of slow, it's jazzy, but it's all the same instrumentation that you hear here. 
But then once you get into the main dungeon proper, it, this this song kicks in, and once that guitar, that guitar melody just like just kicks off, it's so cool. It feels so good. I'm telling you, Pranel, I was avoiding monster fights. I was just to hear more tunes, just so I could hear the music more. I mean, this is it's a pretty long dungeon to get through, and there's a lot of puzzles and stuff that are like you know quote unquote puzzles <laughs> <As I'm not. laughs> it's take item move yeah. to place <laughs> yeah they're essentially like the um like the temples in final fantasy 10 where it's like pick up a crystal put it down you solved it <laughs> you know but um but yeah i was avoiding monsters just so i can hear more of this music because it was so good and mm-hmm. uh, it made the boss a little more difficult to fight but it was worth it um i really really liked it so every time you would you go in the outside of the world it was almost like a, a prelude leading up to going inside this dungeon battle and in and, and this music place and it's so so good and it's um again the uh, the title of the song is very very tied into the story of this character which i don't want to give away too much but it's really sad it's really freaking sad it's so much yeah. it, it makes you feel really like this game made me feel, it makes me feel really um connected to the characters because i feel really bad for them all you know i feel like they've they've really gone through some things to, and and together nice, they're, they're getting through it, you know. It's nice to hear you say that too, because it's funny how this is a this is a fine case of the God. It's like this is this is calling back to the beginning of the show, but like how the internet ruins things. In that uh, <laughs> I play through Persona Five and I love the game, um, but admittedly I'm also in a number of like you know you know S posting groups and uh, but also some general JRPG groups and people love to rag on this game like. They don't like how the characters develop. They think they're all too tropey. I'm like, I think they did a great job with the characters. I felt for these characters. About the only character I feel bad for is Ryuji because they they overdo his like, oh, Ryuji way to screw it up again, man. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't do that. But at the same time, it kind of works because when you're a teenager, like there's always that one friend in your group that you like you kind of bust on. He and, pulls the boners all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that kid... That's some 70 slang for you kids. Yeah, exactly. And that kid like leans into it, you know, and it might be hurtful. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but you know your kids so it's even to me that's real you know and as far as like the tropes go like I don't watch enough anime or play enough games to like really make those connections so I'm just here for the ride that's, that's a good point since yeah. you don't do a lot of them to you this is what's a trope this is new to me this yeah, is good yeah yeah a lot of a lot of it's pretty new I mean I, I do understand a lot of like anime tropey stuff and, 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 and on that end I have like no, no not a lot of patience for especially like modern like some newer anime shows um, so that's where I'm going to stand on that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. And that's that. all I have to say about that. All right. So, Pranel, that's enough about me, but more about you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I do not have Persona 5 on my roster, which is funny because I did technically start Persona 5 Strikers in February, but I didn't complete it. That's a big one. It doesn't that's, count that's a, for that's this another, topic. That's another big game, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get back into it after I've been having this weird like hit for like having like that mere that weird anti game playing bug has been kicking me again lately, which I don't like because it always makes me think I don't like games anymore, which is such a lie. Yeah, because clearly I do. I I'm looking it, forward to two tomorrow. I, I think it's just phases. You know, you go I like I go into phases, obviously, of where I like to play games a lot, and then where I'm just not going to play like a lot of games, like maybe just one or two that I'm I'm already into, but. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, really. Like, because it, it means that you're like, you know, I'm making time for something else that I really want to do. 
Yeah. yeah. That, and that's a very good yeah. way to put it, too. Like, because right now, lately, it's like I, I exercise a lot now. And between that, plus, like, doing podcast prep, both podcasts, technically, and uh, just other stuff I'm trying to do, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, now after I've done all that, I need to sit down and decide on a game to play. And then my brain's just like, you don't want to play anything. You just want to stare at the ceiling or, I don't know, sleep. Um, but, and then the weird thing is, like, even when I do want to play a game, what ends up happening is I'm like, you know, I could sit down and try to figure out how to get into this dungeon crawling RPG again, or I could play Daddish. I'll play Daddish. <laughs> Daddish is just a simple, really simple platformer where you're a radish dad looking for his radish children. Love it. it it's just, I don't know what it is, but I am obsessed with Daddish, and when Daddish 2 came out on the Switch, I bought it immediately. Ooh. I didn't even wait for it to go on sale. <laughs> is that what we're going to listen to? No, because I didn't beat it. Oh. But <laughs> you got me super interested in this this radish game. Oh yeah, man, Daddish is the stuff. Um now the track I'm gonna pick comes from the second game I played through throughout the month of February. Mm-hmm. And this game is called Rack and Ruin. I played it on the PlayStation 4, though believe it or not, I'm almost positive I've played it. Oh sorry, I played it on the 360, but I'm almost positive. On the Xbox One! That's the real system, I swear. Um, though I have owned it on a PS3, but never played through it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, this is the boss theme from that game, and the composer of it is Ben Briggs. Apparently, one of two Ben Briggs, according to Rob's recent discovery. Yeah, not, so. Benja- not Benjamin Briggs. This is Ben Briggs from the UK. So, a different, different Briggs. So, we're going to the, the boss music, right? Mm-hmm. Right, let's go.
You're listening to the boss theme from the game Rack and Ruin on the, in this case, the Xbox One composed by Ben Briggs. Uh, so, I originally bought this game when it first, first came out. And I'm almost positive it was on PS3, but it could have well been like the, also could have been like the Xbox 360. But I'm pretty oh, sure I, ju- I just watched the trailer and it said, coming this March. This was in 2015. Coming this March on the PlayStation 4. Okay, so in that case, that's what it was. I bought it on the PS4 when it first came out, but never played it. And then it came out on the Xbox One last month, and I got a review code for it through SML. So I was like, well, a running joke with that show is that we'll get a code for a game that got a later release or a a remaster or something, Mm -hmm. and it's a game I paid money for years prior and never played. So I was like, huh. Leave it to the SML to get me to review a game I bought five years ago. Yeah. Now I can actually experience the game. <laughs> See yeah. how it is. Getting you to actually play the games that you bought. <laughs> exactly. So and this was another case like that, and I ended up liking it enough. Now, here's the thing. When I do a lot of reviews, like I'll play as much of it as I can. Then I'll do the review, and then I'll move on to like whatever comes next, because the t- train keeps rolling. Games keep coming out, right? But... This is one of those rare cases where I was like, I should finish this. Like, this is a totally completable game for me. Uh, because one of the rules I've come to establish for 4 in February is that you need to make them games that aren't, like, 50-hour epics. They have to be games that aren't too complicated. Meaning that I can pick up the rules, run with them, and even though they might add things that make it more challenging, I don't have to relearn the game at different points, right? So, this game plays like a top-down zelda style game you know being like there's dungeons and like those secret caves with like an item inside and that kind of thing but the only inverse is you're not playing a hero you're playing a demon sent down by a world conqueror to dominate this planet um and you are basically going to various world points with on the on the planet and corrupting them to ultimately destroy the world and kill everyone who lives on the planet now it's it works though like it, it's played up comedically mm-hmm. um yeah it's got the it's game got like a loop fun, is fun. It's, it's got a fun style to it. it's really colorful for for being kind of kind of dark and silly well it's colorful until you corrupt a place and then it's not so colorful like when you get to the end of the game the world looks so drab <laughs> oh really because everything gets corrupted you literally the end of the game is it's not a sport because that's the really the game you do corrupt the world that's your goal um but it's fun, and let's be honest here, while I do love and prefer games where I play as the hero, sometimes it's cool to play as a bad guy, especially if you're not a bad guy who's like going around like massacring people, because mm-hmm. the way this game does this is less about, I'm going to go murder a bunch of people, which I don't get down with, and it's more like, well, you're already dead because of something I did over here, now I'm just going to sell your soul for a weapon upgrade, sorry sucker, you know, it's like, oh, what a laugh, yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. evil, um, so... I'm okay with that in this case. Like, it works for this t- context of the game. And I can genuinely recommend it as well. And I forgot to mention, but it's important to note because you outright noted it as being something you liked about the game from looking it up. Um, the, a lot of the enemies and most of the bosses end up becoming bullet hell type bosses. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saying cave style. Like, if you're not a bullet hell guy traditionally, that doesn't mean you're going to suddenly not be able to complete this game. I'm just saying you'll be dodging bullets. It's not as simple as like, here comes the beam! Get out of the way! It's just like, here's a swarm of bullets. Right. Frick and dodge them. Yeah, <laughs> just figure, get out of the way. Figure out how to get through it. Exactly. And, it, and it's tastefully done in a way where I think people can get through this game without too much difficulty if they just want to try. Mm-hmm. So, I recommend it. 
spoiler, I'm going to recommend every game that I yeah, played yeah, yeah. this month, but I'm just going to say it to go with it. I recommend that you play this game right. if you're interested in Zelda top-down, you know, actiony games with a twist in this case. Yes. Yeah, I like I like the style of it. The, the main character looks kind of cute. He's basically like he's, a, he's got these big horns, really big horns. And he kind of reminds you of like Invader Zim. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. I couldn't think of the cartoon, but I was thinking of uh, it reminded me of a cartoon. It's got an mm-hmm. Invader Zim kind of kind of style to it. He has the laugh like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my last track is one of the uh, more intense tracks from Percent of Five. This is Life Will Change. This is the instrumental that plays in-game, again composed by Shoji Maguro. was Life Will Change from Persona 5 composed by Shoji Maguro and the non-lyrics version by the way because there is a lyrics version as well for folks who are seeking it out yeah it's it was just awesome but like this is the music that plays like when you're fighting the boss and the, oh, no, no, and the no, no, tides no, 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 are turning no, no, right no no not fighting the boss not fighting the boss this is this is the track that plays oh when, no, it's when you're um 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 it's when you're um doing the heist exactly yeah, you're going yeah. for the big heist but for me, so man, this this is this is music you listen to when you're getting out of bed. I think about this song a lot. Like it's just like I'm waking up. I'm like, all right, gotta go get my breakfast. 
Let me get my run in. You know? Well, it makes, when you think about it, if you really think about it, you play it when you're executing a routine. Yeah, there you go. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're executing the plan. You mm-hmm. know? But like, it's, so what, it's also really hopeful. This song is super hopeful. And I the think only it, thing that kills me, there's one thing that kills me, though, and this that? goes for Persona 4, too, now that I think about it, really. And it's the fact that there's a structure that plays out the end of every dungeon. In the case of Persona 4, it was pretty much confronting the shadow version of the person you're trying to help. Mm. In the case of Persona 5, it's retrieving the treasure of the metaverse who's of the person whose metaverse you're invading. Right. And there's always the case of we need to get it, we need to get out, right? And that's supposed to do the trick to make them change their heart. However, they never succeed. They never get out without getting caught. Which kind of makes them bad thieves. Yeah, they do get it in the end, but it's because they have to fight the guards. I know, it happens every every time. time. And I realize for a lot of it, it's it's so that whatever character, main character is like involved, it's so that they can have their their big persona reveal. You know, they have they overcome position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They overcome like like their their fear and they and they uh, what are they call they uh, they're re- they're, it's it's like the personas are a form of rebellion, but the rebellion against their horrible circumstances. Well, like, no, that's the that's but the thing is that's the that's when they gain their persona. But with yeah, the but like they always get the bosses always getting caught. <laughs> yeah, but the boss thing is more about it's always the expo- it's always the exposition mm-hmm. of the boss. It's almost like if you watched uh, like classic cartoons mm-hmm. and the villain was trying to reveal their big master plan. In the case of Persona 5, whenever you, whenever they catch you in that last heist, you always have that conversation where it's like, wait, this is your treasure? And it's like, why is this your treasure? And the guy goes, because actually, that's not your real parent. <laughs> and everyone freaks out, and it's like, you're a real monster. Now I'm going to fight you for real. And then the big boss fight happens. However, as corny as I made it sound, it's still really cool to see it happen in game proper, oh, it's which still, is why yeah. it's always been done in cartoons and stuff. Like, because it works. It works, you know. And you don't want it too complicated, right? Because of like you like in a cartoon, you don't want it too complicated. You want to just enjoy the story, go for the ride, right? Yeah, get in the car, get, cruise, take, take take you for a ride. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. So I, I hope you hope you think about this 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 song during your next morning routine, wherever it takes you. I'm calling it right now. By the way, I'm calling. I'm calling it based on what you just said. Mm-hmm. We have an episode topic. Write this down, and it is literally rhythm and pixels. The KVGM. We wish we were for one episode hour or something. Because I want to do some variation where we're like, what if we were KVGM? Because oh. you had that voice where it's like, do it on your next cruise. Oh, you mean actually? Did, oh, I did. We did. I did do a KVGM episode. I don't know if you listened to it, but it was a it was a mixtape episode where I tried to do. No, but that's a mixtape. When we gotta do the full splam. The oh, should the, we do like huh, like should we do to. like commercials and like bumpers and stuff like like an actual radio show? We gotta do it. We gotta do it the way Hammock would do it. Oh, okay. It's gotta be like very Hammock inspired and appreciated. So it's like it's literally us saying we're doing KVGM. I'm but have to like we're it. we're clearly showing that we appreciate KVGM. I can't do that on the top of my head, but yeah, no, I do appreciate it. But I can't do that off the top of my head. I don't have to like write it out. <laughs> That's fine. That's totally fine. It's gonna be a shorter episode too because we're not gonna be riffing on it. We're just gonna be like, man, when you're driving down the tunes on your car, I don't even know. I, Honestly, I think it'll be double bonus if we do just poorly with it because oh, it's gonna be bad. there's only there's only one hammock. 
<laughs> There's only one hammock. There's only and we ate him. There's only one hammock, and his name is Hammock. That's and right. You cannot convince me otherwise. Don't show me his driver's license. Don't show me his any other form of ID. You can introduce us to knapsack and beanie bag. You can call but him, they're not hammock. You can call him triple hammock. Triple hammock. But that's also hammock. That's also hammock. <laughs> okay, what's your uh, what's your last track? Okay, so back the final game, well, this isn't the final because there's also a final segment of the track. So, um, the third game I played through during this month was also brought on by way of a review, but it was a review for a game that I'd actually been looking forward to releasing since it got announced. And this was the follow-up Yacht Club Games title that came after Shovel Knight. And the title of this game is called Cyber Shadow. Yes. The track title in question is called Pro- Progenitor Progenitor and it's composed by Enrique Martin. Welcome back. You're listening to Progenitor Phase 2 from the game Cyber Shadow, composed by Enrique Martin. So, Cyber Shadow is a fantastic, great game. Like, I will say off the top that I do feel like the hype that people gave it, which it received for good reason, mind you, may have set my expectations a bit too high for it. But what I got was still an enjoyable experience. Enjoyable enough that I played through the entire freaking thing. I mean, come on. This is me we're talking about. Uh, but the best way to describe it would be like a nice cross between Ninja Gaiden and Shadow of the Ninja, both released on the NES way back in the day. Uh, it's a fun title. The combat exists similar to how like in Ninja Gaiden, how you swipe with your sword when you want to attack. Uh... Though it kind of has like a more like a ripple effect that kind of cuts out in the front, which is more like Shadow of the Ninja. Mm-hmm. Special weapons, however, work a little differently than what you're used to. So, whereas in like say Ninja Gaiden or something, you would get like a break a ch- break an item, like break like an object on the wall, and it would drop, and you pick it up, and then you have it. However, in this game, the thing that makes this special is that every checkpoint you can spend collectibles that you earn throughout by breaking objects, haha, uh-huh. um, to purchase the upgrade to have it spawn at that checkpoint whenever you're at that checkpoint. Hmm. So, every time you die, if you bought that checkpoint upgrade 
to release this special item, you'll always have it when you start from that spot, which makes it more it makes it easier when you're trying to pick up from where you left off. Yeah, I like that. that that's kind of cool. It's like if um, you were playing Gradius and you collected all of these items, but then you died, right? And then you had to go mm -hmm. back to a checkpoint or back to where you were before. You'd at least have something you can pick up on, right? Exactly. Now, they, the game's still pretty rough. Like, don't the, by hearing that, don't think that means that it's a walk in the park. I think when I beat the game, which actually kind of made me sad to learn this, they were counting all of my deaths, and I didn't learn it until I actually won and yeah. got the credits. I think I died like a little, like maybe like a hundred and something times, mm. and it was like, damn, that's why I was like a hundred and one times, and uh, I was shocked to see it, and. I watched the Hermiles play through the game afterwards and see what theirs was. Their death count was around 400. So okay. I was like, okay, I feel a little better. <laughs> but still, this game got pretty rough. Um, yeah, you see things go into the hundreds and you go, was I that bad at this game? But no, maybe it's just like you're intended. You know, you're, you're, you're good at games. Like you're not, you're not a professional, but you're also no amateur. I'm no slouch. No, no I'm, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. I'm saying I'm okay at games. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. honestly I, I had a great time playing it, and I do enjoy when games. Mm -hmm. And I think more games should do this. By the way, make them challenging, but also remove lives, and make restarts quick. Yeah. Because I think what that does is it allows you to not. Because that was the big issue with a lot of our older games back in the day. You'd have like three lives, and you get three attempts at this really challenging section. And if you fail, and you don't have any continues, you got to go all the way back to the beginning, the stuff that you've already mastered, just to get back to the one part to try again to master it. Mm. It's not to say that you couldn't master it if you had enough time. It's but, saying you're they're taking your time away right. by making you do the early stuff again to try the hard part that was actually giving you trouble. Right, right. You got, you got better at those earlier sections because you were able to do them over and over. But then by mm -hmm. the end of the game, you're not going to get much better at it because you have to go all the way back over and over again. And it just takes that much more time. And, and Exactly. You know, like, Yeah. And for me, it's like, oh, maybe that last time I did that stage was a fluke because I can't pass it anymore and I can't get back to where I was. So that's that's me and Ninja Gaiden in a nutshell. Because <laughs> I, I, to this day, like, and I think yeah. I'll say this and I'll stop rambling, which is that Ninja Gaiden I learned flat out because I beat it when I was a child. But of course, with children, we have dang near infinite amounts of time to play right. stuff. If you, you know, if you weren't like constantly involved in like kids' sports and stuff. Uh, but as an adult, we did it on Pernell and Matt play games. That was the first game we did when we tried to start that show. And the purpose was to say, is this game as hard as we remembered it being? And the realization was, the it's a challenging game, yes. But the first five out of six worlds gave me little to no trouble at all. I smashed the tar yep. out of it. It's the end. Got the world six, oh, where man. if you die, you have to do the whole thing again. It was killer. I was like, okay, we did it for a while, we did it for a while, and I got to Jack Wheel, who's the final boss. He has three forms, and if you lose your lives on him, you have to do all the stages again just to try fighting him again. It was a waste of time. So eventually, we started exploiting save states just to try the boss fight from the beginning, mind you, but still, the only try the boss it. fight again. I think that's the only way to do it, with that, especially with a game like that. Yeah, like because it's like in specific specifically. Yeah, because yeah, because what it ultimately proved is that could I beat the game normally? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did we have the four hours it would have probably taken me to get to the boss enough time to try again and master it? No, we didn't. Right. So we did the save state. Doing that does not take away from the game experience at all. It just adds a quality of life that is important. Now let me That's tell right. you something about the quality of life. The quality of the bonus round. Boop, 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 boop. Bonus, bonus, round. 
Going to get into the bonus round. Get it, get it. Bonus word. Get it, get it. Going down to the bonus round. Ow. <laughs> the bonus rounds where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And Pernell, this is the reason I played Persona music all tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get up to the bonus round. This popped up. More. This popped up on my YouTube feed and it was incredible. I could not get over how good this arrangement was. This is Last Surprise featuring the singer Casey Lee Williams. This is from Persona 5. This is the battle music composed by Shoji Maguro, and this is arranged by David Gibson McLean and performed mm. by the band Tournament Arc, comprised of Casey Lee Williams, Robbie Guabs Benson, Yusef Musavi, David Gibson McLean, and Mason Lieberman. This is one of the coolest, coolest arrangements I've heard in a long time, so I think you're going to um. enjoy this. I'm ready to jam, sir. So here we go. Last surprise.
That was Last Surprise from Persona 5, composed by Shoji Maguro and arranged by David Gibson McLean for the band Tournament Arc, featuring Casey Lee Williams on vocals. Well, here's a joke that no one saw coming. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> it was a great track, though. Yeah, good. I, um, thanks. This is something yeah, I, I just I heard and I just I got really really into it. And uh, just something about it's not the it's not the exact same key of the original song. Something about it's just darker a little bit. Um, and just the 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 chorus. It's really 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 cool. So I hope you liked it. I'm- well, I can say this much. You at least inspired me to try to, when this episode is over, I'm going to make myself play some freaking games tonight. And by that, I'm going to actually beat this first dungeon in Persona Strikers. Because I'm at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm on hard mode and just kicking my snot. Because can you, can, you, it's can not- you change it back to normal? I can, but then I'd be quitting. You, but it's I'm not determined. quitting. It's- <laughs> no, I got to do it. I got to do it. This is telling me, add this to the pile of games. Purnell's never going to finish. No, I'm going to finish this game. And, I, and, 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 and there's a way around this problem. It's not that I can't do it. It's just I got to be smart about who I select as my character okay, okay. and then play them effectively. That's all. All right. Maybe even, I don't know, buy some equipment upgrades because I've been hoarding money. So, hey, I've got options before I outright quit quit. All right. I won't bug you about it anymore. But I, Until I, next I, time, I, which you should. That's the running joke. I will be about it. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of water. All right, uh, Purnell, I say that as like, I try to like come back to you and you got like a soda in your face. No, um, no, 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 that's covered. Nope, this is not soda. This oh. is sparkling water, sir. Oh, I see. It's bubbly. It's bubbly water. That's right. I need to get my soda fixed by not drinking soda, <laughs> but it's carbonated anyway, so it covers the dew. What I do is I take a fistful of sugar and a fistful of carbonated water, and I jam it in my face. <laughs> and just, and just shake it around. <laughs> All right, so what's the, uh, what's your fourth, this is your fourth game from February? That's, that's correct. And for those who have been keeping up with the episodes, it should probably come as no surprise that the last game of my four in February was the RPG Omori. That was released on Steam in yeah. December. Uh, that game drew me in hardcore, and I ripped through it pretty much in like, I think it was like, even though it took me three weeks, it was only like maybe three or four seating sessions of play. Yeah, this, I you really, was really like, into this game it. really got a hold of you. Yes, it did. I love the battle system. I like the narrative. I like the fact that it wasn't, it, there was some happy-go-lucky elements, but it was not a happy-go-lucky narrative mm-hmm. at all. Like, it was... It was on point. It was a good game. Um, So rather than talk about it now, I'll do like I've been with the other track. And I'll announce this track and talk about the game afterwards. Uh, This track is a remix to a track I played a few weeks ago called World's End of Valentine. But this one was done by an artist that I don't feature on the show nearly enough, Family Jewels. Oh, cool. The Jewels.
welcome back. You just listened to the quote-unquote metal remix to <laughs> Worlds and Valentine from the game Omori, done and freaking perfected by Family Jewels. Oh, God, I love this track so much. Like, I, I, the original track is what made me interested in buying and playing the game in the first place. This, this song and in particular. Yes, because I had heard it when someone was like, just randomly saying, oh, see for this game is really cool. You should check it out. And he linked this track. And I was like, wow, I'm sold. <laughs> I need to, I'm, I'm sold to at least play it because I'll get to hear this at some point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, it turned out that the entire friggin' OST and game was great. It's an RPG without going into the specifics because a lot that this game has. But for the most part, I'll just say you play as a character named Omori who lives in a place called Headspace, who spends time hanging out with his friends Kel, Aubrey, and Hero, and Basil, and Mari, and Blink. There's no Blink. I just want to say and again. Uh, and they're all hanging out together, having fun, and then one day, something crazy happens, and Basil disappears, or Basil, however you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your friends, you and your friends, are on a quest, essentially, through Headspace, to try to find their missing friend, which takes them to a variety of locales, and as you are playing the game, you start to realize that things aren't exactly as they seem. There's more going on than you expect. Hmm. And then it does some stuff. <laughs> but throughout the entire game, it's an enjoyable romp. The combat element can get a little old as eventually because you start getting specific special moves. And you're like, well, the ones I had at the beginning of the game are better than the ones I'm going to get at the end, so who cares? But despite how that can become, this story... And the music and the environments and the characters are what made me want to completely run through the game and knock it out. Like, I I loved this game, and I recommend it to anybody uh, to give it a try and play through it. It's worth your time, yeah. and it was a fantastic cap to 4 in February for me. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. It's a very it's a very broad soundtrack. There's a lot to it. And the art style mm-hmm. is really unique. It's very, very cool. So yes, if you if you don't believe what Rob is saying, listen to Worlds in Valentine and then Bready Steady Go, and you'll get a nice juxtaposition on yeah. OST tunes. There's a lot, so, lot of different uh, sounding tracks. So for more information on our bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to these artists' Bandcamps and SoundClouds, and everywhere where you can buy this music and support the artists. Buy their music from Bandcamp. You should do that if you're going to do yes. that. If you choose and to do, do it on those Fridays, apparently, because that's when they get all the cash. Yes, yes. All right, thank you for joining us on episode twenty-seven four of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our four in. This is Purnell's four <laughs> in February. <laughs> It robs one in February. My one that I played some of. Yeah, you <laughs> it know, is funny. I, I, no, no apologies. That's just what I do. But we, I thought yeah, be, you don't need to apologize. It'd be, it'd be a fun. I thought I thought it'd be a fun topic because I really wanted to hear about the games you played through, and you know, you have you have a lot of thoughts on it. And, and I was genuinely curious about what you would pick because I knew you didn't play four in February. So I was like, I wonder what Rob's going to do on this episode. So I was like, I was pleasantly surprised. Four games that I wanted to play in February, but like the only games I hear about are the games that you tell me about. <laughs> so it might be the same. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gotta shake it up a bit. I know. Persona 5, which I to this day I'm proud of because I did tell you about that when you were delaying it for oh, a uh, long forever, time. Forever. I just need I was like waiting. I was like, if I'm gonna because you know what, this is exactly what was gonna happen. It was, it's, it's such a big RPG game, I'm not gonna play anything else. So I was which like, is good. I'm so I, I know, but that that's what's happening right now. It's <laughs> like, what am I gonna play? Like if, no, if I just knew that I didn't want to get started because it meant that I'm not going to be playing anything else for a long time, which is fine. I mean, that's I'll, actually a gift in a way because that means you actually complete the things you start. Mostly, <laughs> you don't have yeah. a backlog of incomplete titles with in-game save points saved. No, yeah, the games that are in my my backlog that I have not finished, I'm never going to finish for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a few of them that I think we both disagree on, um, and that was a. Uh, Oh, what's the one with the with the girl who has a wrench? Oh, Iconoclast. Yeah, you hated that game. I couldn't get into that. No, I really tried. I really tried. Really tried on that one. Uh, same thing with, um, yeah, some others. So, um, yeah, this was our salute to the 4 in February. Next week is our uh, Patreon exclusive episode. Not exclusive. It was Tavern That's and pa- Bar music, wasn't it? Yes, it's going to be Tavern music and bar music that's actually going to be recorded tomorrow but that's coming out next week <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned um, till next week so if you're listening to this today then and you're a patreon member then that means tomorrow night you get to hang out with me and Pernell and crack some dumb jokes i might have another stupid quiz for you Pernell. people seem to like it people are keep i get emails i get phone calls Pernell. wait get, seriously yeah i get phone calls texts Okay, now you're just exaggerating. I'm, no. <laughs> like, Hi. Uh, is it, hello, is this Rob Nichols? Hi, this is Jim Bone <laughs> from the Daily Planet. We really need another one of those quizzes. The people love them. We need more, more, more. No, no I'm not exaggerating, Pernell. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference. There is a big difference there. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be, we're going to have some really fun music on this episode. So, tavern music, bar music, that kind of silly, fun or serious, you know, who, who knows what's going to come out of this one, but um, music you would hear there, or music in, in those situations those situations within a video game. Um, the Bard's Tale comes to mind, right? We probably should post this in the Discord after the episode. Grandia 2, there's that, there's that scene in the, in the opening of Grandia 2 where they're at a bar, they, they eat fruit that makes them drunk. <laughs> I don't even remember that. That's all, I don't, I don't know why, that's like the only thing I remember from that game. Um, so I'm sure there's plenty others else to remember from Grandia too. But I remember they ate fruit that got them drunk. You remember Geohound? You used to joke about all the I'm a Geohound <laughs> yeah, right. and I'm voiced by Leonardo. Wow, I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I never forgot that because that was your that was your running joke when you played that for the first time. You just remember like I'm a Geohound. <laughs> like okay, we know, we know, Rob, we know you're Geohound. Okay, <laughs> we get it. Oh my god. It's like 19 when that game came out. No, you weren't a 19. Actually, you could have been. Remember no, that? you weren't 19. You would have been like 20. 20, yeah. Okay, so I was playing DDR at the time. So yeah, I was like 20. <laughs> and that, a that, that, Don't forget. That, that's when everything changed for me. Once I started playing DDR, everything went <laughs> Everything went south. That is true, because you weren't playing years. anything else. No, it just meant that my, my, my video game playing habits changed. Uh, That's what I mean. You switched to G- you switched pretty much to DDR in competitive fighting games. Yeah. And then for a while, you weren't even playing the fighting games. It was mainly DDR. Yeah, so it all has to do with the controller. If I can't, if I can't play it on a joystick or with my feet, 
then you tried to play 2dx at one point but it didn't stick uh, i really it's that game like you think about rhythm gamers and, and like this big niche types of games and there's always like the uh, there's the, the the subculture or the players who are really like gatekeepy and they're really like it's hard to get into because they all have like their own language and they don't that game is obtuse i'm sorry like i'm with you pop and music is the superior game it's it's colorful right. it's challenging the music is fun beat mania is so dry so dry mm-hmm. um so yeah the music got better at later releases but by that point i was popping up and i honestly, need to go to that um uh standard you know official ddr i feel the same way it's dry they haven't made any changes to it in the past 20 years it's and, and in fact i think it's gotten worse so that's where i stand on that game um so when and i say I play, yeah, where you're at i play itg that's all i play um okay i think that's uh that's all I'm going to say about that's that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm really tired now. Um, I have not been sleeping super well, but that's that's um that's a cat problem primarily. I'm blaming the cat on that one. You should get a cat for now. It makes our lives better. Oh Christ, no! Like I'll play with everyone else's pets. Oh, but if you want to get, tell me something. Uh, but you know, you keep telling you keep talking about. You know, I would get a cat. But I have Rob's cat I can play with, and then I can. This is true. Put him back, and it's true. <laughs> I don't mess around. I play with everyone else's pets. Save myself on vet bills and yes. food bills. I think it that's works. Perfectly fine excuse for that, honestly, because it adds up. Um, all right. So if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to say hello, if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, or if you have pictures of your cat, we would like to see them. He's not joking about that. I'm not joking. I want that. Uh, Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode and all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's Rhythmandpixels, all one word. We have a little group in Facebook Facebook called uh, Rhythm and Pixels Chat. Now, we also have a Discord server. You can find that um, on our website. There's a little link at the top um, that can go right to our server. And there's a bunch of cool people chatting and other other uh, people within the podcast-verse, podcast-averse, if you're into listening to other video game music podcasts. And if you'd like to uh, support the show, the best thing you can do is tell people about it and um, just tell your friends or if anyone's interested in what you're listening to in your car, just play it in the car. Yeah, in fact, lock the doors and don't let or, them leave. Or last resort, <laughs> you can always make a nice Rhythm and Pixels inspired recipe and toss it up on allrecipes.com. People will love it and then they'll listen to the show. Exactly. It'd be, be, you could um, you can make a, a quilting pattern and put it on um, whatever quilting website that's out there. Pinterest. Pinterest, <laughs> yeah, put it on Pinterest. Make a Pinterest When in board. doubt, it's Pinterest. <laughs> when in doubt, it's Pinterest. Um, but anyway, you can also go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. And there we have a bunch of t-shirts that you can that you can grab for yourself and put on your body. Some of them are podcast related. Some of them are just video game music related. And um, by the end of this month, there should be three or four more new shirts that are um, of the sound team, of the uh, company sound team. So I have a Konami one, uh, the SST band. Um, um, uh, what's, the, what's the one from Taito? Kukuhea Club? That's Konami. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I'll think of it, I'll think of it like in a minute and scream it out loud. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of these designs. They're going to come out um, on our shop. 
rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And there you get access to a weekly prequel episode of me and Pranel chatting, talking about stuff, everything. This this week's a little bit more real. So a little, you know. Heavy, you know. <laughs> it's a bit heavy. So I would just, you know, it's just a little warning there, a little maybe a trigger warning type thing. Um, and uh, you also get access to a monthly live streamed episode. Um, no warning there. That's just all fun. Um, of me and Pranav recording an episode with an audience, uh, you guys as an audience. And uh, we'd like to thank all of our uh, top Patreon members at the end of every episode. So thank uh, Frankly Zappa, Mike Myers, Bashin8060, That Nick Walker, excuse me, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Matt Holmquist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Zelkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Senstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. I'm really glad your dog is doing better. That makes me really happy. I think your yeah. little puppers is cute. Uh, Michael Bridge. named after a ghost trick missile. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Uh, and Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. And Brian Pitt. So thank you, all of you. Thank you so much for your continued support of our little program that we do every week. Uh, it's 100% appreciated, and we thank you. It's yeah. Thank you so, so much. Next week is all about our Patreon episode. The week after that, we have a returning guest. I think you're going to like her. She's fantastic. She brings the energy. She brings the heat to the show. <laughs> she brings a high rate. She brings a high appearance count. <laughs> <laughs> the high appearance count. Um, yeah, so, so check this out. So be sure to, to look out for that one. Um, that'll be in two weeks' time. But until then, thank you for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great week and stay safe. And remember, people are people. We are who we are. We do the best we can to be the best we can for the most part. But with that said, we're not perfect. We screw up. We make mistakes. Sometimes big, sometimes small. However, and as a result of that, of course, when you make a mistake, usually it's a matter of owning up to your mistakes, you know, apologize and making amends, you know, sort of. But every once in a while, there are certain mistakes that are pretty egregious. And while that's not to say that you can never make attempts at, you know, being better after making those mistakes, they are scenarios where you may not necessarily be granted that you know that that actual forgiveness or you know redemption or it might be much harder than you can expect so rather than let yourself get in that position if you know you're in a situation where you're feeling away or you're looking to do a thing that you really really shouldn't do like you friggin know it's wrong and all across the board rather than hide it in shame or think that you can kind of get by scot-free on it if you think it's something that's a problem that you can't fight off on your own reach out to somebody that you know that you can trust and you can talk to that can be guidance for you that can talk you through it help you see you see the, the the light of it really um if you I mean, a friend a family member a counselor something hell if, it's, if you really have none of that write the freaking show i will talk to you i don't know but the point is, you don't have to succumb to your worst instincts. You don't have to succumb 
to the worst parts of our being. You can be better, and if you can't do it alone, you can do it with help. Just do it. <laughs> That's all there is to that. <laughs>